Brittany Aldine, Marin Morris, and the Queen. Yippee Kaye, bitches, because Cancel Me Baby has landed in none other than Nashville, Tennessee. And this is our first episode here on the ground and only, and I mean only, okay, on Cancel Me Baby, are we going to somehow intelligently, insightfully, okay, bring these all these things together. Trust me, it is going to make sense. It is going to make your weekend. You are going to be yippee ki skipping all over town after you hear this one. Welcome back to the show. Honestly, I have so much going on. My head is spinning off my shoulders, but number one, I miss your faces way too much. And I thought with all this going on, I miss doing a solo app. I'm a little like nervous, actually. Me and my, oh, you can tell my nipples just got a little hard, okay? In my in my Barbie-esque shirt. I won't cover them. Here we go, YOLO. Um, To do a solo app because it's been a couple of minutos. But like I said, it was necessary for today. We have a lot to break down. And I'm excited to fill you guys in on the journey to Music City. Before we hop in all this, and like I said, I'm going to really tie it all together in a way that um, I think is really unique and really cool. But like, that is how we roll here. Are you surprised? I don't think so. Number one, how do you like the new setup? You best be watching this on Spotify and or YouTube. Um, I've decided to break up with Instagram videos, like straight up left a note in its locker telling it that it is not, you know, it is not them. It's me, but actually it really is them because they've been cock blocking all of my videos. So unfortunately I'm not loading live episodes, uh, full video episodes on there anymore. But if your eyes do have the delight and the visual treat of this experience, what do you think of the new digs? Well, check the, I mean, is that not legit? Like shout out to my local Office Depot for the cancel me baby sign that yours truly took literally an hour to hang this up. Yes. Very capable. Indeed. We got the little like garnish of a flower here for a touch that has absolutely nothing to do with the show. But like I said, visually, um, aesthetically pleasing, trying to, you know, steal the spotlight from my nipples that have absolutely zero chill. So, okay. First, before we get into this, you know, I like why Nashville. I wanted to fill you guys in on why I'm here. Literally, I just moved. I've been here for all of like 58 seconds. Okay. So it's been a cluster F. But if you don't know, so I'm from Connecticut and I kind of like been there, done that. Like I'm a city gal, you know. I I worked, I don't know if you guys know this, but I worked in Viacom, um, at Viacom, VH1, MTV in Times Square. So I lived in Manhattan. Then course, you know, hitting the mean streets of LA and the red carpets. I was out there for five years and left when the shit got bleak and depressing and there was no prosperity or livelihood to be had. And so I thought what better place than Nashville. I've been thinking about it for a long time. I feel like it's filled with a lot of like cool, creative, up and coming, you know, people, obviously the music city entertainment aspect. Well, country music certainly is not my forte, I, I do think, and, and something about it here too, that was appealing to me, people always said that Nashville was a blue dot in a red state. And I thought that was really refreshing. I'm like, cool. Like variety is the spice of life. Like what a mixer. Like we love to have, you know, a little bit of everything because that's, as you know, what got really stale about, you know, cities like New York and especially LA, like Woketopia, all of that, everybody thinking the same, 
And that shit was like the Truman show that nobody wants to be a part of. So I thought, what a cool, different change of scenery, a place to really position myself and have fun with these people on the ground. And so that, so here we are in Nashville. Okay. You, me, and these nipples that really just want to be the, the main prize on the dollar menu today, like really knock it off. So um, yes, the double, double, if you know what I mean. So what is fascinating to me already and something that I was already thinking about before being on the ground here is the clash of ideology in entertainment and in pop culture that is number one, entertaining for me to watch. Like I have my popcorn, but also like being in the midst of it now in, I feel like an epicenter of that clash, which is Nashville because it is the home of you know country music so we have the clash which we're going to talk about today of like the traditionalists with the woke progressives right and that idea again of blueing being a blue dot in a red state so it's going to be really fascinating to see how all of this plays out and the clash of those ideas as it pertains to entertainment i'm really excited to bring you guys along for that ass ride but I came here, like it has been a rough couple years. Like, as we all know, like I am like Oscar the Grouch crawling out of the despair, okay? And I I would turn my computer, but again, this setup took, like Bob the Builder's interns are shaking. It took way too long, but I would turn the computer to show you. I purposefully place myself away from the noise. Like I am up in the mountains. My view is trees. Like I, after two years of being disheveled and straight up like mentally in purgatory, I put my, I was like looking for some Tennessean country peace and quiet, but no, you know, to gather my thoughts to be able to do this show, to serve this poo-poo platter to you on the best smorgasbord of your life. But no, I come here and the drama and the culture clash that I had just talked about had already ensued. So what happened? I'm going to give you, if you don't know, like if you are in fact Oscar the Grouch's cousin and you are living in a dumpster and you don't know, I'm just going to give you the brief um, sort of, you know, the cliff notes of what happened. But I will say again, it, it is interesting because I even thought this as it was unfolding, like it's, it was one thing for me when I was in Florida or in LA or up in, you know, New England or wherever to be weighing in on these celebrities and what's going on. Cause I felt a little removed. And now like even watching this play out, I'm like, I could run into Brittany Aldean or, and, or Candace Owens and, or Maren Morris and that other girl who weighed in on the street. Like they're right here. So it hits closer to home, but that said, hold my earrings that I'm not wearing because we ain't holding back. Okay. So basically Brittany Aldean, she is Jason Aldean, huge country superstars wife. And a beauty influencer. But then again, like, who isn't these days? You know, like, am I right? And so she is doing a makeup tutorial. And I guess she makes this comment that is something to the effect of, you know, I'm so glad that my parents let my tomboy phase go, aka, like, didn't have me transition because I just love this girly girl life. And her husband, Jason Aldean, ends up tweeting something like, you know, I'm glad too, because, you know, you and I wouldn't have worked out, right? So it's like all fun and games and laughing, but actually, no, it's not. 
Okay. So the wokesters of Nashville came out of the, like the aforementioned trees, probably in my woods and came after her for being like this awful rotten person and transphobic. Okay. One girl, Cassandra or Cassidy, I don't know. She's a country singer, um, came after her on Twitter um, being like, you know, wouldn't it be more useful of your resources and your time to include the LGBT community in your makeup and your endeavors, etc. Maren Morris comes out and listen, I like, I can actually sometimes like, except for Mark Ruffalo can try if I really execute the mental discipline to separate the artiste from their ideas. Right. I really enjoy Maren Morris's music. Um, but you know, she came out throwing daggers at this one. And this, I think says so much about woke culture. Now, number one, listen, I, I feel like what Brittany Aldean is saying, and a lot of people are saying this, I even went on variety, which could be like pretty like left mainstream, whatever. Right. And the comments in there on this story are all like, uh, she hasn't, Brittany Aldean just had an opinion, right? Cause Brittany Aldean ends up saying that you know, she's, she is protecting children and that she doesn't think that they should make these decisions at such a young age. And she fully supports adult decision-making people to do whatever they want to do. Right. Like fair enough. I've even argued that on this show. And then like, once she gets into the nitty gritty with these girls, she ends up saying how she's against like gen genital mutilation of kids and all this stuff. Right. So Maren Morris comes in and this is the problem with the woke is that they take everything at number one like the oversensitivity right but they take everything as like literal a, a personal attack literally as if Regina's burn book in Mean Girls would had your face in it with a bullseye and your pets and your parents and your house that's how they act so Maren Morris comes out of the woodwork responding and is just so hostile and that's the thing with like woke people it's like number one they get bent out of shape so easily and two it's so okay for them to just like go below the belt and be insulting and be hostile and all worked up so she says something like you know stick to, you know, just zip it and stick to selling your extensions insurrection, Barbie, like, like, shut up, like something like that. Right. And it's like, why you gotta go this hard? Well, people can dish it, but they can't take it. Right. Whereas the other side, I feel like let stuff like roll off more, but that's not to say that the pettiness and the name calling doesn't go on both sides. So who is the chat, but the grifter of our generation, of the monarchy, if you will, the queen of the grifting Candace Owens, who has to come in and she's defending Brittany Aldean. Maybe it's because she is willing to hop on any like, you know, cause and just like stir up her base wherever she can. Maybe it's because Brittany Aldean's her friend, but she goes after these country singers, basically being like, you guys sell mediocre records. Like, is this how you get like crap records made? Like something like that, right? So whatever. It's petty. I thought to myself, like, do I want to call it petty or the, and look, I'll say on the surface, I am watching this play out. And like, I have my 3d glasses. Like I am in the Jurassic parks. Like I am in the T-Rex's mouth, like jumping for joy with and on anticipation, you know, on the edge of my seat with anticipation, because I like to see grown women petty or not below the belt comments or not having strong opinions and at least having this discourse. Right. So that on the surface, I was like, all right, like that's cool. But yeah, that's how that whole thing unfolded. So something else to note here is how the 
Al Dean's PR, who repped him for literally 17 years, dropped his ass. Like, it is kindergarten. It is the hot potato game. Jason Aldean is the hot potato, and the publicist is the student who's like, I'm not having fun in this game, right? So they say that it was just coincidental timing and that they think Jason is the most, you know, one of the most talented artists of our generation. But, you know, it's becoming more about one thing and they're really about music. So that's another thing, too, that's interesting being here on the ground in Nashville because apparently it's a really small town. Everyone knows everyone. And even doing a little digging for this, people are like, oh, yeah, her public, his publicist, like, she's right here you know, on my couch, having a cup of noodles, basically. And they're like, Oh, she's such a sweetheart. She's so great. So again, everybody in my backyard, and yet here we are. So okay, before we talk about how the media handles this, I just want to point something out, because this goes for Queen Elizabeth dying too. is the idea of women being center stage and men like sitting the F on the sidelines like the water boy. So what was interesting when this all unfolded is how both Brittany Aldean's husband, Jason, and Maren Morris's husband, Ryan, both came to their defense. Like my wife, this and my wife, that and, and Maren Morris's husband, Kay, she's saying he was saying how like, oh, people are saying we, sh we should shut up or you know, this will threaten our career. Our careers are over. Yet the irony, because Jason Aldean's publicist drops him, right? Which he'll be fine, but you get the idea, right? Like the bias there and how it's a double standard. But I just thought it was so funny because it was like, I was thinking to myself, this whole thing is this battle of like gender and ideology and how people identify. And yet, and, and yet here we have these husbands of these girls like stepping into these traditional gender roles to like defend them in their honor. Right. So like what an LOL moment for that. And another thing too, with the guys like chiming in is Tucker Carlson, of course, like he ends up having Brittany Aldean on and, um, you know, weighing in with his two cents. And that's another layer of this, how it's all unfolded again. I don't know how I would react in this situation, but both Maren Morris and Brittany Aldean have taken like capitalism at its finest because they've both taken this and milked it. So I guess Tucker Carlson called Maren Morris a, like some country singing lunatic and Maren Morris called Brittany Aldean insurrection Barbie, right? So, which I look like today, but there is no affiliation with said, you know, made up organization. Okay. But Maren Morris goes on to sell t-shirts that say like lunatic country singer and all the proceeds go to trans youth, glad all that. And Brittany Aldean ends up launching a clothing line that say like insurrection Barbie and all this. So, you know what? Hats off to these girls for putting their business caps on and really making a buck. You know what I mean? It's like, we, we all got to do what we got to do. Hell, I may even go down to Hooters and shake my ass um, because you know what? It's just, it's what we do to get by these days in these mountains. So how the media is covering this, and this really parallels what's going on with Queen Elizabeth's death. So my issue is and has been, look, as somebody who has contributed to a number of huge mainstream platforms, both in the ground in huge cities, New York and LA, like it doesn't get more of an epicenter of media than that. I've seen how it works from the inside. Like you guys know, I am like the ball buster in these cubicles. You know what I mean? Because I've seen time and time again, how, especially lately, it's not even journalism anymore. They discern what is right and what's wrong. 
And that's what they run with. And it's just so convenient what narratives they choose to showcase and shine a light on. So when it comes to this, okay, what have you, but Brittany Aldean being completely villainized. And I just want to say too, that I, I'm going to get into it when I talk about this billboard example, again, like her, she even says, I support grown people making their own decisions. Like I support, I feel like we all have to do this now. Like we all have to qualify. Like I support this community. I support that community. But really like if, if you are a trans person, like shake what your mama did or didn't give you, you know what I mean? Like I have been amongst some of the most prominent trans people on the planet. I nearly motorboated Caitlyn Jenner. I basically squeezed and was like breastfeeding Gigi Gorgeous's tits, okay, at YouTube in LA on the red carpet. There's video receipts of that. So that is not a problem. But again, what Brittany Aldean brings it back to, whether she means it or not, is when it comes to children, right? So my issue is how the media, number one, they can't just see this for what it is, which is, okay, it's an opinion, but they have to paint her as completely like ignorant, idiotic, and literally transphobic, literally verbatim transphobic. And I quote, so an example of that is in billboard magazine. They literally run an article. That's something like, you know, here's what trans kids need because Brittany Aldean seems to have no clue. Right. Again, painting her as like literally the stupid, like sh her brain is a rock, the stupidest person on earth. It's again, it's like why you guys have to go this hard. And in addition, they end up filling the article with input from trans doctors, experts, like that kind of thing. Right. Saying how wrong she is, how it's disinformation and all this. And look, there's a part of it that I can understand because what this boils down to and what figures like that argue is, you know, are we protecting them? Like, is there, if they're getting the quote care that they need, is there less of a rate of mental health issues of suicide, et cetera, right? What I don't agree with is overstepping. Like don't overstep, let the parents decide. You know, even Justin Trudeau, this guy up in Canada, again, like honey, looks only take you so far. Because a couple of years ago, he proposed a bill. I don't know actually what ended up unfolding or what happening, what ended up happening there, but where he would reprimand and parents would be literally jailed if they went against gender, you know, transitioning for their children. And that's where I have a problem. It's like how the government, like get off my back, like step off. But I can understand on the other side of it where people, you know, want them to get the care that they need. But the problem is the media, I feel like blindly jumps on one side or the other. In this case, it's like you're transphobic da, 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 without even like really knowing what's going on. I feel like this is all relatively new. We don't really have long term studies to show this. Yes, there have been peer reviewed studies and this and that. But give me a break. Like kids are kids period. And I feel like in a lot of ways, not even with this stuff, but in a lot, you know, with social media and images and the plastic surgery, like, did you guys know that in 2018, one fourth of all cosmetic sur surgeries were teenage girls? Like, are you, my biggest cosmetic surgery was getting the, my metal braces would literally attract a UFO. Okay. And getting them off was the most exciting day of my life. So I've said this before, 
I think this is the essence of what Brittany Aldean is getting at is preserving the innocence of children. Now is her rhetoric maybe like a little extreme? Does it have certain undertones? Maybe that's up to interpretation, but I think that this is something that's common sense, right? And the media, again, blindly hops on one narrative, discerning right from wrong. And it's like, just for the sake of doing it without taking a beat and going, hold on, what's common sense? What do the numbers say? What, you know, cause everyone likes to scream into the void. And we know that, but here on cancel me, baby, like there is a mission, there is a method to the madness. Like we, we ain't just saying shit to say it. Okay. So that's that even like Buzzfeed, that's another example. Buzzfeed did a piece on this, of course, like rimming her out and talking about how kind of what I was saying earlier, like the really interesting unfolding clash of the country music ecosystem, because BuzzFeed loves to point out, right? Like traditionally it's like straight white men running the show and women breaking through and black people breaking through and all this. But here's a line in this article that I thought was really interesting. They say they're, cause they're saying like, this is awesome for Maren Morris and the other girl to be like claiming, like shaking up the structures and country music. Um, like the traditionally conservative, it's, it's huge conservative base, right? Like again, here in Nashville can't seem to get away from the chaos one way or another, like God help our souls. But this is a line in the Buzzfeed article. And it says like, there are still anti-trans racists with a lot of power, right? In country music. And it's like, this is the problem. Like someone has an opinion that's valid that a lot of people agree with yet they are labeled transphobic and lumped in with racist. It's like, do you guys not see how, and I, and I really, you know, how dangerous and how slippery of a slope that is. And it makes me wonder like, why, like, what is the incentive? Is it of like feeling cool? Like everybody else, like you fit in, or do you really believe this? Like I even put myself in Maren Morris's shoes and I respect her right to have an opinion. I don't like the below the belts comments. I just don't think that it's particularly intelligent or necessary I respect her right you know to have an opinion but it made me wonder like I put myself in her shoes and I was like you know what goes on behind the scenes like what would make someone on either side right like so wholeheartedly on a public platform speak up about this like I'm thinking to myself maybe Maren Morris has a trans niece or you know what I mean like we don't know but I can't help but think that there is a part of this, especially as to where the media is concerned, that, again, tries to spoon feed us like a moral compass and control how we think. Like, I just don't think that's right, you know? No pun intended. And so this brings us like, again, oh yeah, and that's the other thing too. I think I said this, but if not, I'm just looking at my notes here, but Maren Morris called Brittany Aldean a scumbag human too. So in addition to the insurrection, Barbie, all this. So again, just not necessary. And you know, bitches be crazy. Am I right? No. So that's that. So, um, yeah, no chill to be had whatsoever. So Queen Elizabeth. So in the midst of all this, again, like I'm doing Walmart runs. Okay. I am basically like the stock boy at target and I'm trying to absorb all this. And I'm already thinking like I'm on the ground here. This is all playing out. And I've already been to a couple events in Nashville and it's really interesting seeing it play out. Like, again, I even met this really cool country singer, super talented, performs regularly at a big venue here. And she might as well have had like a Candace Owens shrine, right? Like Candace, like worships Candace Owens. And I'm sure there's 
people too on the other side of it here. So I am just here for the ride and to, you know, peel it back and dive into it all because it got really monotonous and boring in LA when everyone thought the same thing, like a robot factory. So this is going to be good. This is going to be an adventure. Okay. So queen Elizabeth, the second dies, like just when I am balls deep in Costco in the paper towel aisle, looking for a sign of life, I get this news. And let me give you a little bit of a background on Miss Queen Elizabeth, like ding dong, the queen, she is dead. Okay. So she was queen. She reigned for 70 years and seven months. It was the second longest reign in history. She had seen 13 or 14 U.S. presidents, seven popes, like the bitch was around the block. You know, this is something cool about her. Um, during uh, right after 9-11, she made the unprecedented move of playing the Star Spangled Banner, um, I think at Buckingham Palace. Um, and this is pretty cool too. During Nazi Germany era, she trained as a mechanic and a driver. So that is just a, you know, a couple of fun facts about like Miss Queen E. You know, she is not just here for a royally you know, matching monochromic outfit, okay, for your Halloween inspo. So like Princess Di, but unlike Princess Di, when she passed away, we're going to talk about this. And like, it says so much again about the time we're in. This has been a huge unifier in some ways, right? Like you had the most polarizing figures all have a consistent message giving their condolences and talking about how solid of a woman she was when when it comes to like duty and honor and having this role for so long okay you had biden like biden came out of his coma he wiped the drool off you know and he made a statement i don't know if he was coherent i don't know if it was a white house intern but someone wrote that shit up okay and then you had trump like he finished his spray tan he fluffed his toupee and then he put a, another, you know, he as well put a statement up on Twitter saying, you know, long live the queen, basically all this. And then someone else who loves to cause a tizzy JK Rowling, right? So just goes to show three completely different, you know, controversial figures and somehow all come together and can agree upon one thing, the queen. So, and also it's, to, it's something to note as well that we may never see a queen again in our lifetime, like except for ourselves in the mirror. Okay. No, but here's what's different about maybe, I don't know. I was really young when princess Di when that happened, I think like all of us though can remember, like I, I remember little remnants of it, but what have you, but this has become a complete political, cultural media divide yet again um it's also become a whole hoopla spectacle about you guessed it Meghan Markle right and I think the whole listen like the royal family is not my biggest hobby or interest by any means like it is certainly not my expertise I'm not very much interested in it um but you know it is one of the hugest cultural um and pop culture political phenomenons, you know, on our planet. So here we, here we are. But I think the whole Meghan Markle thing really 
caused underlying issues to be brought to the forefront. You know, she accused them of being racist. Meghan Markle's half black. Meghan Markle makes everything about her. What did I just say that out loud? Right. But so like the whole thing too, that happened with Piers Morgan speaking up about it. And then he was fired. Right. Because he was deemed racist. Like it's just become this whole thing. And it's become this whole thing on Twitter. People being like, all oh, the Meghan Markle, Harry leaving the palace and the racist, all that stress caused the queen to die. She should be ashamed. And then you have the other people being like, that's racist of you to say that, to assume that Meghan Markle caused this, right? Like, the hoopla continues. Um, but I will say it's, that's something in and of itself. Right. And again, like the media sort of outline, you know, spotlighting this as with the Marin Morris, Brittany Aldean, again, like the race, the, uh, uh, Freudian slip, the, the moral compass. Right. So here are some, like the mainstream media right now is loving to point out that, how bad and toxic and corrupt the British monarchy is and was and how there's no one doing it and that there's no changing it, right? And Meghan Markle, I think, is just a piece of that puzzle. But, like, here are some headlines. The queen is dead, but her bloody legacy lives on. That is both graphic and bleak. Not sure if that was necessary. Um, This other one, this is from MSNBC. It says, trying to modernize British monarchy is a lost cause. Like, what a glass half empty kind of writer am I? Am I right? And then Insider wrote a piece talking about how the British monarchy has famously, you know, turned a blind eye to its racist roots and all this, right? So this is really interesting, I think, in and of itself because and also something to know it's it's again this dichotomy of like the unifier and people being sad and all the people outside buckingham palace and these world leaders and everyone honoring like her power and her legacy and yet this other side of it i mean to prove that a hashtag that was trending on twitter was abolish the monarchy right and people talk about they're like you know they talk about why they talk about its white supremacist roots it talk they talk about how corrupt they are you know cough cough prince andrew like what what actually um but isn't that all like power and control like these people just doing corrupt shit um so that's that. And also how they have basically been built on a lineage of like plucking white aristocratic people to carry on their bloodline. Um, the poverty, like I said, that is in the UK. Meanwhile, these people are like collecting the coin from everywhere you look. Um, even I saw a tweet that somewhere in England, there was in red spray paint parasite written on a statue of the queen. It's I think to me, a perfect example that completely illustrates our culture right now. Number one, how everything has to be a fight. Everything has to be a a divide. Everything has to be this or that. And again, the media constantly having this need to interject and prove right from wrong. Um, And I'm going to talk more in our conclusion about the idea of this marriage, right, of acknowledging the past traditionalist ways and also like a healthy sane way of moving forward versus what the media likes to do which is literally squid game tight rope tug of war themselves off a cliff 
to have every single cause a hill to die on, right? Blindly. So that's that. But also before we get to the conclusion, I also want to note here how yet again, we have a woman in the spotlight causing all of this conversation, a huge, you know, iconic end of an era figure of, you know, however you want to see it, right? Like, I'm sure people are sad. There are some people talking about talking about her as if they literally shared Lunchables and braided each other's hair. Like I had no idea you guys were best friends. And then other people who have their qualms, right? With it. And I just want to say too, I am someone like, I am, like I said, I am a ball buster. I'm against the man most of the time. Like I'm, I'm a rebel with a cause. You know what I mean? Like James Dean style. And who knows? I don't know if I were a UK citizen, who I don't know how I would react. Like, I don't know if I'd be like, yeah, fuck you to the monarchy because y'all are a bunch of figureheads who make a ton of money. What do you do anyway for our lives, right? Um, but then is there another part of it too where it's like, yeah, it's sad. It's tradition, it's legacy. It's like the princess die thing, right? Like it's this pop culture sort of phenomenon. So, um, and I think too, like women really being at a high, high profile position and having massive, um, impact and effect. Right. So I don't know how I were, how I would necessarily re react and feel if I were born and bred and on the UK soil, but a parallel I wanted to make to the Marin Morris thing is how we, again, yet again here, like it's, I don't know. We're in a culture. I talk about this a lot that we're mainstream and woke people, even though women are powerful, they like to put women down as if you know, men run the show. And clearly in both of these cases, like women are running the show. Like we have the men in the first case, like cheerleaders in the background on the pep squad with their pom-poms for their wives and their people or in Tucker Carlson's case, like for whatever that may be, like his own balls. And then with this, it's like you have Meghan Markle like saying all kinds of shit and Harry being like, you know, pussy whipped, whatever Harry does, you know, and even Prince Charles now, who's like taking the throne and all these hilarious memes, which by the way, the memes have been absolutely fire, like peak internet, but people are like the 73 year old man finally gets a job, right? Her son. So again, it's these kind of, that kind of idea of like women at the forefront and men just y'all are along for the ride. So enjoy the show. We got the ad thoughts. We got the attention. We got all the things and we make shit happen. And, you know, we do have impact as much as the media likes to pretend like we don't like, even what is that? I saw recently that new, like the She-Hulk thing. It was so, oh, it was so eye roll and cringeworthy. The She-Hulk, which is this new series, she goes on this whole monologue to the aforementioned Mark Ruffalo, okay, who was still over here, like, nicknaming, don't even get me started, like, nicknaming child sex offenders, but that's that. Um, and she goes on this whole monologue about how it's so hard to be a woman and how her whole life she's had to control her anger because men do bad things and blah, blah, blah. It's like, can it, lady, you know? I really had it like, let's just see like a Mary Sue or whatever her name is, you know, make out with the Spider-Man upside down in the rain. Like we like to see it. Like maybe it's a male gaze, but you know what? It's a good time. It turns us on. Even though my nipples are no longer hard or hell, even pull a scar Joe in black widow, no matter how dragged out that movie was. Okay. And kick some ass and take names like period. Okay. Um, but so that's that. And also again, the idea of not letting the media 
I don't know when this is going to break and I don't know where these people get off and have this audacity, but not letting the media continuously discern right from wrong and control our thoughts, you know? And again, both sides, they make decent arguments, but I do feel like it's a double standard. I've said this before, like one side gets away with everything and the other side doesn't. And something else too, that it was either Maren Morris or the other, the other girl said is like, why do you guys on the right have to portray trans activists or LGBT people as like groomers or pedophiles, which I'll agree. Like they, that's what I'm saying earlier. Like they go a little hard, like Candace Owens doesn't need to go that hard. You know what I mean? I don't think that that's right. And I don't think that that's fair, but I think that there's a happy medium in what Brittany Aldean is fighting for too. And children. And that's the last point I want to get to is we're seeing it like, whether it be the British monarchy whether it be country music, like these establishments, right? Kind of the healthy marriage between traditionalist roots and past and progressing and moving forward. You know, I don't think it's okay. We don't have to sit here and celebrate that, you know, the British monarchy has a, a long, you know, way back history of supporting black slavery and all this. Like, yes, we can acknowledge it. Same as U.S., but how do we move forward? You know, same thing with like, think about country music, right? Buzzfeed and places are like, what's wrong with the recording Academy with the Grammys? Like they, why are they not nominating this person or that person? And we're black people yet they're over here nominating Morgan wallet, you know? And even with the trans argument, it's like, why does everything have to be zero to a hundred, like zero chill? Why does it have to be like, you know, puberty blockers for 10 year olds, or in Candace Owens case, like you guys are a bunch of groomer pedophiles. And this is the last thing I'll say on this, but another quick example, and it caught my eye because I just read this piece, but there was an essay in Barry Weiss's Substack of this woman who is a millennial and she argues that the sexual revolution for women has literally been the worst thing ever. She basically argues that it's detrimental and kind of these traditional values that I don't necessarily agree with how monogamous marriage is the only way to be and how hookup culture and hooking up with anyone and having sex with anyone who you don't have a connection with will leave you feeling like rotten and damaged and awful and will ruin your life and all this right and she argues like I am a feminist and this is exactly why I advocate for all these things she talks about her work in like rape crisis centers and with domestic abuse and fighting for women right because of that but she basically argues that women's sexual revolution has undertones and underneath it all is really to indulge men and their impulses and their fantasies and their tendencies to naturally be more sexual right and she argues like Tell your daughters, tell your teenage girls that that's all bad. It's not helping women. Very like conservative view, right? Like that idea that, and I have my qualms with, with current feminism and like the erasure of men and not being able to respectively have like men and women and like balance each other, like the yin and the yang and be different and like meet each other and work together. But that's neither, I digress, right? Like that whole idea. And she argues like, you have to get back to these, you know, really traditionalist ways. And I thought to myself, while I can understand some of it, I just feel like there's so much more nuance to that. Like she says, we've gone so far now with the sexual revolution that it's harming women. There are more millennial nuns, all this. We just need to go back 
to the 1950s Pleasantville with our aprons and call it a day and we'll all be happy. And I just, again, I feel like it's, again, what we're seeing with people do these knee jerk extreme reactions. We see it with mainstream media, right? And while I appreciate yet again, I can respect her point of view and her opinion. I don't have to agree. And I love Barry Weiss for sharing. I hope to be like that here on the show to showcase various opinions, right? But I thought to myself, why does it have to be that extreme? Like there's nuance in it. There are plenty of people who find joy not in monogamous marriage or hooking up with someone they haven't been married to for 70 years. Like there's just so much more nuance to that. And as you guys know, I have been on a sort of like sexual liberation evolution journey of my own. And I've never, like when I, when I bring it to the table with all my other endeavors, like my show and what I'm doing and all this, I can straight up tell you that I have never felt more powerful in my life. Now, am I going to go sleep with a bunch of strangers? No, I'm not personally one to partake in hookup culture or hook up with someone I don't know, because it's not, it's not, it's not particularly fulfilling to me. And it's just not my thing. Right. But I think to put a one size fits all on it, that again, goes back to that traditionalist way, uh, is just not going to get us anywhere. Like somehow, again, it goes for all of this. We have to do what makes sense to move forward and take a look at the past and structures that may make sense. And walk the line, you know, Johnny Cash style, here we are in Nashville forward um, in the best, healthiest way possible. And my favorite concept of all, as we wrap our time perfectly with 10 seconds to spare, what has common sense for us all? And with that said, let's not, oh, right on cue. And with that said, let's not forget Yeehaw, saddle up, long live all of you queens. Welcome to Nashville. Cancel me, baby listeners. I'm excited to have you along for the ride. Now giddy up.